All right, welcome for um, to another episode of Talk to Tatiana show. And since we've restructured, uh, what I've decided to do is bring you as the audience, bring you a little bit more content um, and also bring you guests, but in a different capacity. So some of our guests, as you already know, are experienced entrepreneurs. And some of our guests, uh, usually on the fourth week of the month, will be someone who wants to start a business. And so we're going to go through the questions that the person has and so on and so forth and, and kind of guide them through this process. So today I have Jewel with me and welcome Jewel. It's so cool to have you on the show. Hi, thank you. It's so good to be here. Awesome. So Jewel, um, tell me a little bit about who you are, where you are in the world and, and what you do for a living and share as, as much or as little detail as, as you feel comfortable. Sure. Um, well, I am uh, a wife and mother in Idaho. We've got a great seven-year-old who I'm actually adopting. I'm in the process of adopting. She's my husband's daughter, so we're super excited. Um, so I'm kind of going through a lot of really wonderful things. Um, I am a coach for my profession. I work for a very large company. I have 12 employees that I coach uh, every single week and daily. Uh, and my job is to help them kind of merge their goals into the company's goals with obviously the company's goals in mind, um, but help them develop along the way and uh, help them get to the next level if they'd like, or help them just get really good at their jobs. Uh, just develop them in a lot of different ways and be there for them. That's awesome. It sounds like a very cool job. So absolutely life coaching that you went through that we were in the group together is right up your alley. Don't you think? Yes. Yes, it is. It's a little bit different um, because, you know, I'm kind of with my employees, I'm leading them and, and kind of controlling that. So it was very different in a great way of just kind of letting go of control in the life coaching aspect and letting the, the client, you know, just control it. Um, it was kind of freeing. I loved that too, which is why you know, I went on, um, I, I got my master level certification for the life coaching because I thought it would really help me in my job. And I'm looking for my next position to be a leadership development coordinator, which is, you know, essentially coaching um, a higher level and helping them get to the next level and discover who they are and where their strengths are. And so that's what I went into it for. And it kind of just changed my life in a way because now I'm like, okay, so maybe I don't have to work for the man. Maybe I can work for me and figure this out on my own. Yeah, that's awesome. I like the thought process. And certainly, you know, every person is different in how they arrive at a thought of being their own boss. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we're all different. So our journeys are different. Our stories are different. And, you know, and I'm happy that you're at the point where you're considering it. I think that it should always be an option. Um, and whatever choice we make, it's our choice as opposed to being forced into um, a choice by, let's say, not knowing or being afraid of starting a business and, and getting a job instead just because you are afraid, for example, or not sure how to even go about it. So um, that's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. So 
uh, as you kind of think about it, what um, concerns or uh, maybe fears, maybe just concerns or thoughts do you have about starting a business? Like where, where's your head at now? You know, I think my, um, my biggest concern or fear is success. Um, I, I am a very capable individual and I have found success in the things that I've done because I, I hold very high standards and I work very hard and, um, I, I put everything that I have into everything that I do pretty much, which is exhausting, (laughs) but, um, I, I don't want to start it and then not have it work out, you know? So, um, I'm the main, uh, I bring in the, our, the bulk of the money in my household. And so that's also something that I have to keep in mind to make sure that I'm still able to keep up with that level, um, and keep the balance in our household uh, the way that it is. That's uh, that's a very valid concern. And I'm sure that the vast majority of people who start businesses think about the same thing. Yeah. When you start a business, especially if you're the, I don't want to say breadwinner because that's not really what I'm looking for, the word that I'm looking for, but more that your family relies on your income, especially when you have kids involved, it's always um, a concern and, you know, money and stability and being able to simply like pay the mortgage or rent or, and, or put food on the table and pay for some kids activities. That's the number one concern. So you're right there with, with pretty much every mom that wants to start a business. So uh, that's, I think that's a great thing that you've just shared. So thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. So um, what I wanted to offer a thought, just a thought to you. And uh, my thought would be, can you start something as a side gig for some time and have it run for some time? Yes. Yes, I can absolutely do that. And what would that look like for you? Like, do you work full time? Is it a nine to five? Like, talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I do work full time. Um, I work Monday through Friday from 650 in the morning till about 330. Um, And so I could be free in the evenings and on the weekends. So if I did want to make it a side hustle at first, which I think is going to have to be the way that I make this work for me, um, then I would have plenty of time, you know, on the weekends and the evenings if if the clients were willing, which I'm sure, I guess they would be. Well, okay. So I would love to offer you, an, an, not, not an idea, but more of a thought. So I think that once you start with the non-negotiable, which is I can't work during the day on weekdays, that could be a great start, which means you will attract certain a certain type of clients, clients who also work on during the day and don't want to talk during the day. And so they can have they have the ability to do that <clears throat> in the evening or in the weekends. Um so what I but I want what I want to encourage you to think about is also planning or plugging in or actually the opposite of the, of that, um, family time into it. And so, um, 
you don't want to have a situation where you have a call on a Saturday, a call on a Sunday so that you can't leave and go do fun stuff with the family. Um, so setting up your non-negotiables and that. So you, one of your non-negotiables is um, that right now you it's going to start as a side hustle. Um, that's number one, right? Do you agree? Yes. Yes. Um, and then I'm just taking notes as well. Another one is <clears throat> determine the days that you work, that you want to, to s- devote time to do this. And um, this could be, let's say, Monday, Wednesday, Friday evening, uh, or Monday, Friday evening, and maybe a Saturday, or something like that. Something that would work for your family, but also would work for, for the clients. So to give clients a little bit of an option prospective clients, um, that could be a great start. That's so true. And I love that that came up because I didn't even think of that. I'm not very good at, I think, setting boundaries for myself to when I'm going to be available for things. I already struggle with that a little bit in my, in my normal job. Like if I'm on PTO and you know, my, my boss calls me and says, listen, I really need you to have a conversation with your employee. I will call them and have the conversation, which I should set a boundary. So I actually really like that because it's like business hours, but on a side hustle. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is that you're not the only person who struggles with that. Many of us do. Uh, I mean, even as a, as your own boss, like what, what happened to me for, you know, for a couple of years was um, I used to like summers would usually be for accountants would be usually a slow time. And so what I would do is I would, um, my calendar would be open. So when a client is like, Oh, can you meet on a Wednesday? I'm like, sure. I can meet on a Wednesday. Another client is like, can you meet on a Friday? Yeah, sure. I can meet on a Friday. And then you end up having one or two meetings every single day. So you can't do anything with kids. You can't go to the zoo. You can't go to anywhere. And so, um, you know, after I've been through coaching and I didn't like that, but I didn't really know what to do about it. And, um, I went through business coaching and the business coach actually is a huge supporter of a structured week. And so that's something that what I was describing a structured week, and it doesn't have to be the entire week doesn't have to be written out. So initially just wanted to introduce the concept to you. Initially, when I started that, I started with like, Oh, nine to 10, I'm going to do this 10 to 11. I'm going to do that. That doesn't work that well for me. Um, it's more, especially when you have kids, it's very different. So the way it does work is right now I have run three businesses, but right now my tax and accounting practice, I devote time. I meet with clients and or do the work on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Monday and Wednesday, I do content production or uh, book edit or whatever it is that I need to do for my other businesses. And then Friday, I generally try to take off or um, have connection calls with uh, fellow CPAs or, you know, whatever it is that I want to do. And today, for example, is a Friday, we're recording it. Most likely we're going to make it to the beach. So I canceled a couple of um, things that were not important. Um, and we're, I will take the kids to the beach because today's a great day and, and the beach is awesome. It's the summer. So that's the structured week. And so if you set it up from the get-go um, as a new business owner, that's going to help you really set boundaries and Clients won't know any different. You won't have to change existing clients' habits. And so that's really helpful. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. 
and I wouldn't have thought about that. So I really appreciate that, those thoughts. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so that's one, one, um, thing. What, um, what would be, what other questions do you have? I do have a direction that I would love to take you, but at first, before we go there, because that's eventually going to come up uh, before we go there, um, I would love for you to, to see, like, if you were to start this today, tonight, what would be the things that you would need to know, um, think about, worry about potentially, so we can kind of attack them one by one. <laughs> sure. Um, so I don't really know what to do. Like, how do I get, do I need a license to start this thing? Do I have to start a company? I don't know any of that. So I think that that's where I would start. Cause I don't, I guess I don't know the starting point. And maybe if I did, then I can make a plan because I'm very plan and process oriented. Um, that's how my mind works. So I feel like if I had a start to a plan and I understood the path, then I could attack it. And maybe that would calm some of the fears that I feel and overwhelming okay. feelings, I guess. Cool. So kind of where to start with some of the basics. Cool. So definitely, I mean, you've mentioned before we started recording that um, you got my book. So that's definitely going to help you with with most of these things. But since we're recording this episode, I would love to take the opportunity to um, to talk you through it. So we already have a license as a master certified coach, right? Right. And so um, you would have to double check with your state that they don't license it separately as a issued license? I don't think so because but just based on what people were saying in class, they were saying that it was, it's not like, since you're an unlicensed professional, you're not um, like a therapist, for example, you're not subject to certain rules and that kind of stuff. But um, so that's just, I would double check that with the state licensing department. But um, so that would be step one. Um, and um, step two would be to figure out kind of what entity um, you would need to start with, right? And since you in, you're in the United States, um, there are, I in in my book, there's actually a um, proprietary um, entity selection matrix, and uh, which will help you kind of go through it. But I think the most important starting point is potentially get an LLC set up because I actually have a love hate relationship with an LLC because. All lawyers recommend LLCs to people without really talking through that choice and what to do with it. So they do it because LLCs provide you with uh, limited liability protection, which means, you know, if someone sues your company, they can't go after your personal assets. Well, that actually is um, a little misleading because if a person, the owner of the LLC does something on purpose, um, something that's negligible or fraudulent, they are still personally fully responsible. So it only protects you from things that are out of your control that you didn't do on purpose or neg negligently. So just keep that in mind. Um, the reason I have a love-hate relationship with LLCs is because um, as is, so you can have two types of LLCs, single member, which is one person, multiple member, which is two or more people. And um, by default, the way it's formed using state law, um, both of those will yield 
the highest amount of tax if you're making money. However, just starting out and trying things out on your own, um, LLCs are perfect because they're flexible. They can be reported on your personal income tax return, especially if you've invested a little money, you know, paid for the coaching or uh, paid for whatever. Um, They can be really great because you can convert them to something else when you're starting to make more than fifty dollars to $100,000 a year. So that's the threshold that you should write down for sure um, is uh, LLC is great, um, but it's what you do with, with, the, with the LLC once, you, um, once you're making more, more and more money. Um, threshold, I would say, is 75, maybe even to 100. I used to say it's 50. Um, it's about anywhere from 50 grand net, so how much money you keep, um, to um, convert, to make, to make it worth your while, to convert it to something else, whether it's an S-corporation or C-corporation or whatever. You could do that for tax purposes only. It's an additional tax return, so it's an additional fee to the accountant, but um, that's why we usually wait until um, you get to a point of about 75 to 100 grand before you convert. But keeping that in mind, as soon as you know, oh, I'm making this much money this year and I'm probably going to make even more, you reach out to someone who um, who can do the retroactive conversion to the current year. And basically, um, you will save a significant amount of tax on that, that year and going forward. So that's something that's really an important step. And, and a lot of people actually underestimate the, the value of the right entity from the get-go. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Well, that clears up a really big question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Entity selection is, um, is really, you know, um, an important part. And actually when I started writing my book, this was one of the first chapters I was thinking about Um, because it's such an important question. Folks often don't really appreciate it. Um, enough when they first start. So they never convert to um, something else and they keep these LLCs operating and paying tremendous amount of tax. And then you, you know, they come to you and and they get disappointed in their accountant because nobody really, you know, really paid attention to, to that um, um, before, before another accountant did. Yeah. That totally makes sense. <laughs> All right. What else? Any, any other concerns? <laughs> um, I think those are, I think those are my biggest concerns. I think everything else will kind of work out as it goes. Learning things. I think that answers my questions on what are the first steps. Awesome. And obviously, I mean, we talked about it briefly before we started recording, but I wanted to mention that it, it is important to <clears throat> um, know your numbers too. So as you start, let's say you subscribe for something like um, um, a podcast service, I don't know, um, a software service or anything, keep um a record somewhere that can be like as simple as a spreadsheet, basically um, a record of the monthly recurring costs. I mean, your business is going to be 
a service business, which means there's not really a capital investment um, into it. So it's really, it really makes it simple and there's no real overhead because you're not renting an office, you know, you're not really doing any of that, but um, kind of building it in and, and creating the next steps um, will help you understand how much do you need for the monthly ongoing stuff. Maybe it's just a HubSpot, HubSpot subscription or something, you know, once you get activity going, you can get a QuickBooks online um, subscription and basically, you know, start, start with that. But just having habit, this habit, building this habit of um, really keeping track of your monthly expenses for the business um, is important. Another thing that I want to mention that um, is also important, um, it's important, it's critical to keep it separate. Um, keep the finances for business and personal separate. So once you get an LLC, um, you will have to open a bank account for that LLC. And I'm just taking a note also for you so that people listening to the podcast um, will also get some of these notes. Yeah. Uh, keeping the financials separate. Um, and if, let's say you just start generating you know, clients and things like that. Um, you would. Um, bring the money into the LLC bank account. And if you need that money, just do a simple transfer from business to personal and then pay all the personal stuff out of there. Because what a lot of people do is actually just keep it all in one personal bank account. And then it's a nightmare to do taxes, to keep any sort of track, you know, um, of, of expenses and things like that, that are purely uh, business, but also it creates a, um, I don't want to say a risk, but it's sort of a risk of when you get audited, you, the IRS agent can say, well, all of this stuff here is personal. So you have to really prove to me that they, these items that you've indicated were business. And that's always a problem. So yeah. you'll have to have receipts and not that you don't have to have receipts for the business, but it's when everything is separated, it's a lot easier to make a claim. You know, I was at a dinner with this client or a prospective client or a prospective marketing person or whatever it is, right? So that's really important. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, and last thing that I wanted to mention um, to get you started um, is um, developing your product. I actually happen to have a best friend who's also um, got, who got trained in life coaching, not in this country, but in a different country just uh, pretty much uh, a little bit earlier than, than I did. And so um, she was having trouble coming up with the product. Um, but it's very important because you can't, she was focused on, oh, um, I have to ramp up my social media efforts. No, you can't. Your message is not going to be consistent unless you determine who your target audience is, who who is it that you're speaking to, and also, what is it that you're selling them? So I told her, and I'm going to tell you the same thing, when spend a little time, maybe it's going to take a few days, maybe it's going to take you know a few weeks, but spend a little time developing your program. So for example, your schedule first, and then your program. For example, a three-month program is X. That's how many hours, that's how, how often we meet. Um, and if you want to renew, we'll talk about renewal on, at, on in mid-month mid three 
to see if you would like to renew for another three months. Generally, let's say over six months. If you do your job, remember what we're told in life coaching school, that if you do your job, you really only work with the client for X number of uh, months, and then they get the tools to do it on their own. And so picking, I don't want to say your niche because that's really a very limiting word, um, but picking your ideal customer, where are they on the, in their journey? Is it a, is it a mom that um, is struggling with um, finding time for herself and being happy uh, or whatever? Is it a, um, just a woman who doesn't have kids that wants to have kids or anything in between, but being clear, who is that woman that you're speaking to? Um, and developing your offer. So let's say you decide to do a free session, free diagnostic session with um, with clients. So like that could be a potential first step. Um, um, you're advertising, not advertising, but promoting your uh, free session. But then what happens at the end of the session? Do you just go your separate ways? No, you should offer, would you like to, to explore this further? I have a three-month program. I have a one-month program or whatever it is that suits your needs and you can experiment and change as you go as you go does that help yes that helps a lot there's so much to think about with that and i need to figure out exactly who it is that i want to help because i've got a couple of different things and i i don't know which one to select <laughs> so i need to think on it a little bit awesome yeah absolutely and here's the thing don't think that you need to decide today um it becomes really easy to do social media, to do everything else once you have it clear who it is, what is it that you offer and who is it that you offer it to and why. Once you have that, it's easy for you to talk to how do you support these people free through your social media? What reminders do you give them every day to, to let's say, remind them that they can do it, that, they, that they're good enough or whatever it is that that where they are, whatever it is that they struggle with. Yes. I kept some notes also in the show notes. So everyone listening, you will be able to get a copy like of the bullet points. Um, so um, just look in the show notes um, to this episode. But Jewel, um, anything else that I can help you with? Um, maybe we can do another episode a few months down the road when you've developed it to see kind of where you are just to look at your progress yeah that would be awesome i would enjoy that terrific uh, well if there's not nothing else that i can help you with today um i would want to thank you for being a great guest uh, i know that i did a lot of the talking but that's kind of the coaching part not the life coaching but more business coaching part business advisory part um and so i hope this was helpful for you Yes, it was so helpful. I know exactly where I need to start now. Um, and I can't wait to read your book. I'm starting it today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Terrific. Thanks so much. And everyone listening, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next week.